0: The following audio is from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Acts is available at actschurchleander.com.
1: But here we go from Romans chapter 10. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead, But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him up from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they, they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news.
2: Well, good morning. It is such an honor to be here. I I guess i got to tell you this up front, that my my role at Concordia is one of great travels. Uh, One of the curses and blessings of my life is I visit between 30 and 40 churches a year. And yes, I say curse and blessing in that. But you need to know that as a guy who sees a lot of churches, what you have here is special. What you have here is special. This means yes, by the way. This means an acknowledgement of... Of the uh, affirmation, thank you for what you do. Thank you for volunteering. Thank you, Sandy, for being the mother of all of this. Is that is that the fairest word, adjective descriptor? God bless you. Thank you, my dear. Uh, now I gotta tell you this. Speaking of curses and blessings, it is a unique challenge to be given the task of preaching about the scriptures. Okay, now now, don't misunderstand me. I love preaching the scriptures, but this morning we're gonna be preaching about the scriptures. Challenge number one, the Bible is the best-selling book of all time. My guess is you have a few of them. My guess is you have more than you can probably count back home. But here's the, the challenge in that. Brutally honest, when's the last time you actually read it on your own. Another brutally honest point, if you can turn off your your Christian mind for a moment, be it that that Christian mind that was instilled at you at birth or whenever it is that Jesus grabbed a hold of your heart, turn off that Christian mind for a moment and think of what it's like to open the Scriptures for the very first time. You turn to page 1, And in chapters 1 and 2 of Genesis, you hear a story of creation. And this story is perceived to be completely against modern science. Then you get to chapter 3 of Genesis, and there's nudity, tastefully done, mind you, but there's nudity and a talking snake. Things don't go so well in chapter three. Chapter four, there's murder. Chapter th- six, things get so bad, God destroys the whole world and starts over again. Scripture alone. All, all, and I guess we, we, need, we need to start with this. The Bible. Scripture is all about the plan. The plan that God has for salvation. Now, there's two parts of the Scripture. There are 66 books in the Bible, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. The Old Testament is about the promise. The Savior's coming. And the New Testament is about the person, Jesus. This sola scriptura, this Scripture alone, it's all about Jesus. Now, I I guess uh, uh, as we talk about this, we have to also let you know that this is about authority. Where does the authority to stand before a group of people and talk about these things come from? The scriptures we believe as Christians, followers of Jesus, is God's word. Which means if anything is ever said up here that goes against the scriptures, it is your responsibility as followers of Jesus to lovingly rebuke. By the way, this is exactly what happened 500 years ago in, in, in the known world. The scriptures were second to popes, priests, and church traditions, which meant they could stand up here and say, you need to give money or you're going to hell, and people believed it. They could stand up here and say that to truly be forgiven of your sins, you have to pay For forgiveness. The reformation, the reforming of what it means to follow Jesus brings it all back to Scripture. All of this needs to be rooted in Scripture. Now, that being said, we we need to go to to the very basics of what this is. What, What is this, my friends? This is the interactive part where I ask a question and hopefully somebody shouts out the correct answer. What is this? Some good answers, some good answers, but not the answer I'm looking for. This is technology. God didn't send a book. He sent a person. He sent Jesus, the Word made flesh. This is technology. Plan, promise, person. As a child of the 80s, I love it when a plan comes together. The plan comes together in this, plan promise, purpose. This is technology. This is important because, you know, before this, the Word of God was written on scrolls. Maybe you've seen these in museums or or in, in, in ancient places. There were a group of people during the scroll time who heard of this new technology called a book, and they were ticked. They could not believe that someone would translate God's Word into a book. The scrolls were the way that God would want us to read the scriptures. And before the scrolls, there were stone tablets, and there were stone tablet people who were furious that the word of God would be translated onto scrolls because God gave us these stone tablets. And and then before that, there was was oral tradition, and the stories were told orally. Why? Because by and large, it was an illiterate, could-not-read culture. The stories were told. And again, people were angry. Because new technology wasn't the way they were comfortable encountering God. By the way, quick, uh, I'm curious about this straw poll. How many of you, the the main way you access scriptures is electronically, cell phone? Um, Less than I thought. Interesting. Uh, Last weekend, I was in uh, Eastern Europe. I was visiting a student of mine in Slovakia, and they asked me to come speak at a confirmation retreat. And when I got up to do my talk, I said, pull out your Bibles. And 100% of these teenagers in Slovakia pulled out their cell phones. A hundred percent. This is technology. This is technology. Now, speaking of hearing, we got to get back into the word of God that Dr. Kerry read oh so well The words of St. Paul here in, in the book of Romans, I want you to hear this again. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is the saving faith question. What is saving faith? Hear it again. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is
1: saved.
2: And then skipping down a few verses, it says this. Faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Hear that again. Faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. There's this interesting idea in missions, and I need to confess to you that I'm a mission junkie. By God's grace, I've been to every continent on the planet except for Antarctica, doing mission work. There's this concept in missions that we're called to preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. Have you heard this idea before? Okay, let's test it against scripture. Remember, this is our ultimate authority. preach the gospel at all times. But also understand it will eventually be necessary to use words. Why? Because faith comes from hearing. Faith comes from hearing the word of God and having it explained to you. There is this great story in the eighth chapter of the book of Acts where Philip, and if you know the book of Acts, in Acts 6, Phillips is a waiter, and in Acts 8, he's told by God to evangelize, to share his faith with this guy from Ethiopia Ethiopia, who happens to be a eunuch. And if you don't know what a eunuch is, ask your mother or or Dr. Carey. (laughs) At Concordia, Dr. Carey is the sex expert. Uh, That's not a joke. This is being recorded. I don't joke about things things like that. Philip is led by the Spirit to go talk to the Ethiopian eunuch. The Ethiopian eunuch is a convert to Judaism. He's trying to figure out who Yahweh, who God is, and he wants to know how God saves. So what book is he reading? He's reading the book of Isaiah. Why is he reading the book of Isaiah? Because in Hebrew, the name Isaiah means God saves. So this man, curious but confused, is reading the book of Isaiah. All of a sudden, God leads Philip to show up. Philip shows up, and Philip says to this man, do you understand what you're reading? And the man says this, how can I understand unless someone explains it to me? You see, the word of God, out of here, the word made flesh, Jesus Also, by God's grace, needs to be explained and spoken in clear, simple language. The beautiful thing about the Ethiopian eunuch story is that he eventually asked to get baptized a few words later in the chapter. And Ethiopia, to this day, is one of the oldest Christian countries on the planet. And they trace their heritage back to a eunuch. How beautiful is that? And if you think that this would never happen anymore, this is an ancient story that would happen about 2,000 years ago, I have literally lived that story. I was in Nashville a couple years ago. I was in a hotel room visiting a student. I was was in a hotel room, and at 3 o'clock in the morning, the fire alarm went off. We went downstairs, hung out for about an hour or so, went back to bed. I get back to bed. All of a sudden, the phone rings at 6 o'clock. It was my wake-up call. problem was I didn't schedule a wake-up call. But I'm awake, and I've got three hours till my next meeting, so I figure, all right, I'll go down to the lobby, eat some breakfast, and get some work done. So I've got my computer, I've got my Bibles, I've got my books, I've got everything spread out over the breakfast table. I'm eating breakfast, and I'm working. I'm, I'm intently focused on my work. I'm exhausted and grumpy, and I get a tap on my shoulder. And I turn around, and I look up, and it is a very tall, skinny, bald man with an ear-to-ear grin. I said, can I help you? He said, I, I was curious about what you're reading. <sighs> Have a seat. Let, let, let's talk about this. Turns out he's French. He was serving uh, or working with a, a, a car manufacturing place in, in Nashville. He had just recently been divorced. He had, he had moved across the ocean, he had so many questions, was curious about life, and he'd heard about Jesus, but no one had ever explained Jesus to him before. So for the next couple of hours, at the most inconvenient time for me, I shared what I know about the scriptures with him. And at the end of that conversation, he gave his life to Jesus. Not because of anything that I did, but because we were able to engage in a conversation and open the scriptures in a way that he could understand. Faith comes from hearing. My wife and I were in Thailand a long time ago. This is before kids. We, we, We did a vacation to Thailand. And one of the highlights for both of us on this trip, we went to a church of all nations in Bangkok, Thailand. And the pastor was Australian. The worship leader was Canadian. And there must have been about 40 different nationalities and countries represented amongst God's people. Beautiful. We we always go back and say, this is is what heaven's going to be like. It's not just going to be people who look like me, thank God. It's going to be people who look like everyone. It's going to be all the earth coming together, celebrating and worshiping Jesus together. And at the end of the service, there's a gentleman in front of me who turns around to Christy and I and says, is this your first time at this church? We said, yes, first time in Thailand. We've had a blast visiting your country. He says, well, i love to give first-time visitors a Bible that's half in Thai and half in English. Will you accept my gift? I said, absolutely, and kept this as a treasure. Until about six or seven years later, When the secretary of the church that I'm working pops into my office and says, my next door neighbor is from Thailand. And as I was sharing my faith with her, she asked me if I knew how to get a Bible in Thai because she wanted to read the scriptures in her own native language. And my secretary says, I thought that maybe you would know where to get a Bible in Thai. I said, you've got to be kidding me. Walked over to my shelf and gave her my Thai Bible. I never got that Thai Bible back, but my secretary's neighbor believed in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because she got the Bible in her own language. Faith comes from hearing. When I was in China, I I bought a Bible half in, in Chinese, half in English. I spent a lot of money on this. Very proud of this. Put it on my shelf. A couple years later, there's an international student at Concordia who wants to have a copy of the scriptures in her own language. And my wife, without asking me, gave her my Chinese Bible. I wasn't thrilled. It was expensive. But two months later, I'm weeping, apologizing to God because I'm at her baptism at Redeemer Lutheran Church here in Austin. Faith comes from hearing all of that being said I want to give you more on on the purpose the why of the scriptures I need my happy helper to come forward this is my daughter Leilani everybody say hi Leilani Leilani uh I mean obviously we need your prayers as you you can tell but uh she'll be turning 13 in about three months (laughs) so yeah we need your prayers (laughs) we need your prayers Leilani is going to read for us from the Gospel of John, John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. And this is where St. John explains why the scriptures are written down and how it all works. Honey, when you're ready, hit it.
0: The purpose of this book. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which were not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God, and that believing you may have the life in his, in his name.
2: All right, baby, get that last part again. Why was all this written down?
0: In the life of his name?
2: This was written down so that people may believe. All of this, the plan, the promise, the person, is about connecting to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. All of this. Authority of Scripture is about connecting to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. All right, so Leilani, let's talk to the people here a little bit. We told them not to start at page one of the Scriptures. If they want to get into the Scriptures or help someone who does not yet know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, help them get into the Scriptures, where is a good place to start in your opinion? The Book of Mark. The Book of Mark. Interesting. Very good. And the Book of Mark is one of the four Gospels. I believe it's number two, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Good. Very good. Uh, who wrote the Book of Mark? Mark. Oh, very good. What a clever name for a book. The author, his name is the name of the book. What a great idea. Uh, just, just for fun, though, uh, the guy that wrote it is actually named John Mark. Uh, we call it Mark because we already had one of those John guys, so we didn't want it to get too confusing. So it, it, it's, it's John Mark. Uh, John Mark is cousins with Barnabas, who you'll learn about later in, in, in the book of Acts. I do already know who Barnabas is. But what's interesting about the book of Mark is that most biblical scholars believe Peter. Yeah, that Peter, St. Peter, Simon, dictated the book of Mark to Mark to write down. Most theologians believe this is an eyewitness account dictated to Mark. Now, first of all, you must be thinking, but wait a minute. Why wouldn't Peter just write it down himself? Great question. Well, he was a fisherman and was probably not very literate. If you read his his epistles, he also wrote books called 1 Peter, 2 Peter. He acknowledges in 1 Peter that he had help writing this. How beautiful is it that God calls everyone, the illiterate, the literate, the educated, the uneducated, this news, this good news, not good advice, but good news is for
0: everyone.
2: Okay, so back to the book of Mark. Why... Should they start with the book of Mark? What is unique about the book of Mark?
0: It's the shortest
2: gospel. It is the shortest gospel. It is a, and that's a very profound theological reason, baby. Absolutely. Very good. It is the quickest action to the life, death, resurrection, and teachings of Jesus. Mark kind of skips the Christmas story. And the ending comes very quickly. There's a lot of and then, and suddenly, and immediately, but it gives you all the action of the life of Jesus. Very, very good. Okay, so once people have gotten a flavor of the life of Jesus, then Lonnie, in your opinion, where should we refer people to next to get some very basic doctrine to understand the theology of what it means to follow jesus romans oh very very good okay who wrote uh the book of romans saint paul oh very good and who was he writing the book to The people of rome oh excellent very good now what's interesting about the book of romans compared to other books that paul has written and when you hear me say book please know that it's a letter it's an epistle Rome, the book of Romans, is the only letter he wrote to a people group that he had not previously visited. So there are less insider baseball things, there are less inside jokes, and it is straight, pure theology helping people wrestle with and understand what it means to follow Jesus. The book of Romans makes it very clear that all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. That the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, this grace of God that we receive in Christ Jesus is for all. For the Jew, for the Greek, for all. Romans, excellent suggestion. Okay, so they've gotten uh, the story of Jesus in, in the book of Mark. They've gotten a little bit of doctrine and theology in the book of Romans. What would you recommend next?
0: John. Ooh,
2: John. Interesting. Who wrote the book of John? John. Oh, yeah, very good. The disciple John, right? Yeah, very good. Okay, good. Um, John's going to be a little more poetic. John is going to focus mostly on that Holy Week time frame in the life of Jesus. John gives us the gospel in a nutshell. John 3.16. They don't even tell them what John 3.16 is.
0: God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. And if you believe in him, you shall not perish and have everlasting life.
2: Absolutely. And John also gives the shortest verse in all of scripture, John eleven thirty five, 35, which is?
0: Jesus wept. Yeah.
2: Beautiful. True God, true man, he wept because of how much he loved. Beautiful. Very good. And John also wrote some epistles. I believe we call those First John, Second John, and Third John, and if you're Bible geeks and want to know more fun trivia, uh, 2 John is the shortest of any of the books of the Bible, so it's a great, great, great place to learn more about God's incredible love for us. Good suggestion. All right, let's do this, honey. Come here. Um, open this up and tell people what it is. Suspense is killing them, so take
0: your time. It's a bar of soap.
2: Oh, fantastic. You can hold the bar. Well, put that there. Um, Tell the people why we at all times in the human's household, why we have a bar of soap on our coffee table in our living room at all times.
0: Because whenever we have guests over, they think we're so clean and take bathing very seriously.
2: That's right. Absolutely. (laughs) I do not want to brag, but I shower almost once a day. And uh, Leilani, tell the people how often you shower.
0: Whenever my mother tells me so.
2: That is, that is 100% correct. And we believe in our family that keeping soap on the coffee table is the best way to inform everybody that we are clean people. Right? right? Excellent. Now, let me show you a couple other things. This is the first Bible I ever received. I got it when I was five years old for being the ring bearer in my aunt and uncle's wedding. Have you... I've known you your whole life, I believe. Okay. Have you ever seen this Bible before? No. Guess how many times I've read this Bible?
0: Zero. Correct.
2: Absolutely. This Bible right here, look, it has your mother and my name on it. It's fancy leather. It was given to us as a wedding present from a friend of ours' parents. This is a beautiful keepsake heirloom Bible in your entire 12 and a half years of life. Have you ever seen this Bible before? No. Have you ever seen me read this Bible before? No. Correct. Think about it like this, my friends. How silly is it to have Bibles and not read them? Perhaps it is as silly as putting soap on your coffee table and thinking that by simply putting it there, people will think you are Clean. On one of my mission trips, I got to go to a uh, city in El Salvador. And uh, the church there was Cristo Rey, which in Spanish means... Okay, I was getting a little nervous. Thank you, Grace. <laughs> we, we do live in Leander, don't we? I mean, that's... You should probably learn a few Spanish phrases, like Cristo Rey would be a good one to start with. Um, this church is in ruins. It, it is... Uh, probably 100, 150 years old, ruins everywhere. The church building is fine, but there are just ruins all around it. And I'm walking with the pastor after service, thanking him for his ministry, but asked him, what is all of this? What are all these ruins here? And he said, this used to be a soap factory. I said, you're kidding me. That's incredible. He said, why? I said, because this place used to make something that makes you clean on the outside and now proclaims by the grace of God something that makes you clean on the inside. May we, as followers of Jesus, not only hear, but also put into practice. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said. Amen. And Lonnie, why don't you close this off in a word of prayer.
0: Dear Jesus, thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you for giving us the Bible so we can learn about you and your love. Thank you for our blessings and giving us the things we need. Please help us to actually read the Bible and tell our friends and family about you. Thank you for your love and everlasting grace. In your name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at ActsChurchLeander.com.